Hello, and welcome to the Young Money Podcast. I'm Adrian. And I'm JP. And today, we have a special guest, Brandon Caffin. How you doing, Brandon? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. So, uh, Brandon, you're a, a roommate of Adrian's. You've known him for, for quite some time. Um, and yeah, we're just going to have you on. We're going to ask you a bunch of questions, get to know you a little bit, get to know, more importantly, you know, how you view money and how um, you use money in your in your day to day. So uh, cool. Adrian, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So uh, the first kind of thing we we're wondering about is uh, how were your parents with money growing up? Um, do you have like a first memory um, of when you realized that money was a thing uh, that you needed? Yeah. So with my parents, they never really talked much about money. It's not anything I ever thought of or ever thought to ask them. And I guess just in ways like uh, not explicit ways, they were sort of they were careful with it, but we do just like nice things like go on vacation every summer and go to like like Disneyland or like Darien Lake or something fun. And I now that I look back at it, I realize it's very expensive, but it was just never something that was brought up for me so they're very conservative about the whole idea of money and i was also taught um that saving money is important and that there is an important component to money and just general everyday life and i think like many people probably my first memory of money is getting money from the tooth fairy or something you know that's always <laughs> fun you get your like teeth oh, shit, yeah. or something and you wake up one morning and you're like oh cool i have two dollars i'm gonna go wild with this at like the dollar store or something did you have an allowance growing up yeah i was just about to say uh so i don't remember it's funny because it was a pretty short window from what i remember that i had allowance and i think i want to say it was like maybe ten dollars a week or something Something along those lines. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, do you remember like what kind of things you spend it on? Uh, like, it, did you ever like blow blow your allowance <laughs> on something like that you ultimately thought was like stupid or <laughs> I don't know? Or no, were you very like careful with it? And I think a lot of it probably went towards like if I got ten dollars, I think the average small Lego set or something at that time was yeah, maybe yeah. like ten to twenty dollars. <laughs> so I'd wait a couple of weeks or like a few weeks and I'd be like, all right, mom, take me to Walmart. I'm about to wild out on some Lego or something. <laughs> I'm surprised Lego hasn't put more money into lobbying parents into giving their kids allowances. Cause I feel like all of the allowance money that I got also went towards Legos. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, true. You also had a story about Legos, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like what else are yeah, you going to spend money on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Did you, Brandon, did you have any concept when you were growing up? Like, how much your parents made or like did your parents ever like did your parents i guess ever tell you what to do with the allowance money or was it like here's 10 a week you figure it out yeah it was always like mostly i was just left to my own devices and i know that there was somewhere in there where they expected me to be smart with it or that by giving me this allowance whatever i was going to do with it there would be a lesson behind it so if i spent it 
uh, like as soon as I get it, then there's that lesson of saving money. Like if you save, you can get something better further down the road if you're patient. So it's just a lot mm -hmm. of uh, things like that. And for as opposed to how or thinking about how much they made, I think I had a general sense that um, that we were well off as a family. My my mom and my dad both have had really good jobs. My dad's retired now. And yeah, I just always had that general sense, but I never thought of it in that, oh, they made a lot of money or anything. It's just like, oh, we can afford to like live in a house and get food and then do fun things every once in a while. Just be comfortable, essentially. How did you come to the realization that you were well off in relation to other people? Like, was that through a conversation with a friend or just by going to friends' houses? Like, how did that come to be? I, yeah, I think ultimately it was seeing, like, peers, uh, just the, the place, yeah, places they lived at. Mostly, like, um, we always had nice big houses. When we moved to Kingston, uh, we had a house built that was huge. We had a swimming pool in the backyard, all this stuff. And I, I don't think someone's living situation necessarily means how well they're doing because maybe that's just a, a thing of, oh, they live here and they are saving all this money uh, as opposed to if they were living somewhere bigger or they just don't find it necessary, necessary to live in a bigger uh, house or anything like that. Right. Like you said, though, you're, you're bringing up a good point. Like the living situation doesn't equal wealth because some people might be, you know, your parents might have been in like swimming in debt, no pun intended, but, mm -hmm. you know, have had the, that swimming pool in the backyard. So, but still, like, I think that you probably were raised in an environment where you realize like, oh, I'm actually pretty, pretty lucky. Like my parents must be, must be well off. Yeah. And exactly. And I did, I did feel privileged and I, like, I just never let it get to my head, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Did you ever have a moment where you realized, like, the importance of money or, like, learned an important money lesson? Yeah, so I think it was probably when I got my first job, um, when I was becoming a little more as much as I could with like a minimum wage job, living at home more self-sustained, just sort of being able to uh, take that money and spend it on things that uh, I want to do, like buying like a CD or something or going to the theater, something that is sort of inessential uh, to my health or anything like that, as opposed to like my parents buying food and uh, just uh, paying for the house and stuff like that. So I think I learned through that just, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can, I can totally see how that kind of like teaches you the importance uh, of money and kind of the, you know, like, you know, now that you have your own job, you have like a steady income coming in, um, you know, what to do with this money now? Like, oh, I have so much. It kind of teaches you like budgeting now. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was your first job, by the way? So my first job, I worked as a patient assistant at Providence Care in Kingston, which is just like a, uh, a rehabilitation center, and they have palliative care there as well. 
and um wow, that's yeah. a heavy first job yeah it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's like shit. that's crazy because it's like, funny because my first ever job interview was for tim hortons and i somehow <laughs> i somehow managed to blow a the tim idea hortons that interview your first job was Oh, it was between Tim Hortons or palliative care is so hilarious yeah. in a dark way. Well, I, the funny <laughs> thing is, like, I somehow, I have to be, like, the only person in history have done, like, to have blown a Tim Hortons interview. It was, like, a group interview, oh, and, and, they asked, and they asked, like, uh, certain people certain questions, and they asked me, they said, um, what do you think about upselling? And I was, like... Oh no, I don't care much for that. Obviously, they wanted, they wanted me to say, "Oh yeah, I'm totally fine with that. That's cool." So, I the bigger that. question is, what is upselling? At, I guess when they ask for a combo, that would be an example of upselling. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, like, you go, oh, you're so getting the cookie and the coffee. You can get like, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you can get two cookies for uh, for like ten cents off. Yeah. Oh man. That, I think, uh, shows a lot about your character, though, which is good in the longer term. Not great for Tim Hortons employment, yeah. but it's good <laughs> that you were honest enough to be like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's 10 years ago. I'm uh, still holding on to it, but it's okay. I'll get through it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I, I actually, I remember uh, doing an interview at Aeropostale. So it's like a clothing <laughs> store, right? Oh, it's really? like It's like... It's like the the poor boy American Eagle. Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's either there's um Aeropostale is still around and there's the the other sort of preppy store. Yeah, American, American Eagle, Eagle. Yeah, that's still around. Hollister. Hollister. It's either <laughs> Hollister or Aeropostale that's one of them is closed and one of them's still open. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I had an interview there and obviously they were like, kind of, like it was a group interview and there was like two girls and me and they were all like, one of the questions was, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? Like what, what, how do you decide what you, what to wear? And the first Ooh. girl goes and she's like, oh, it depends on what season it is and whatever. <laughs> and, and, and then the second girl goes, well, it depends how I'm feeling that day. And, you know, do I want to go chic or do I... And then it comes to me, and I'm just like, uh, I just kind of like pick up something off the floor, <laughs> and and I realized right there, like, oh, that was a, the, like the dumbest thing. Yeah, to say. that was the the nail in the coffin. <laughs> yeah, like I think I was like 16 or something though, so like I literally had no. I was just like, right off the top of the dome. Yeah, I just like put out something like, <laughs> that's clean, <laughs> like or relatively clean, I guess. How did the how did the palliative care like interview come about? Did you just send your resume like all across town, and then that's the place that called you back? Uh, so my mom, she worked at the hospital uh, KGH in Kingston, so she had lots of connections, and uh, she knew the I think it was the coordinator that worked there. So I got in with that, but um. Yeah, the, the interview process for there wasn't very rigorous because I don't think it it was a job that was asking for much. It was pretty low hours per week, and it would be at most four hours in any given day, depending. Oh wow! And okay. a lot of it, a lot of it was just like walking around a small confined area and cleaning. Oh, okay. Did you ever interact with 
with the with the people that were in palliative care? Yeah, um, part of my job was delivering food and actually sometimes having to feed the people as well. Damn. How much did you so get it, paid, if, if you don't mind asking or answering that? I, if I can remember, I believe it was minimum wage, uh, whatever that was at the time. I can't yeah. remember. I can't recall. Probably. How old were you? I would have been 16. 16, yeah. And I worked it was probably there, like 10, 25 or something. Yeah, and I worked there for just under two years. Wow. wow. Right before, uh, so I think it would have been through grade 11 to the uh before moving to ottawa for university okay did you did you realize like how heavy of a first job that was at the time or were you just like i'm getting my 10 50 an hour i don't care how it is yeah I, I never really thought about it there were a few moments uh where someone who i would see every day they would pass away and i'd be like the first time that happened i was like I was like, oh my God, yeah, I guess that's totally the reality of what can happen here. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people, because palliative is just uh, a portion of that hospital, and a lot of people right. are just there because they can't live at home. Oh, okay. Damn. But yeah, there were some pretty heavy moments being there. Did that, as you learned the gravity of that job, did that sort of put into perspective the money that you earn from it like the more I guess what I'm trying to say is like the, the more serious you realized this job was did you think like oh man this is like this 1050 or whatever an hour is worth so much more because I have to kind of withstand this like did it did it affect your perception of the money that you that you earned at that job I, really? <laughs> I don't I don't think so no because I <laughs> it's funny because whenever I do a job I am I have the autonomy that I understand that I'm making this amount of money. But when I'm at the job, I'm just like, I'm not thinking about making the money. It's just like, I'm doing my job at this moment. Right. And it's just, I, yeah. I'm the same way, actually. Um, When I'm actually like doing any sort of work, I never think about like, oh, I'm, I'm getting paid for this. You know, like I'm just, I'm just head down working. So Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. Just kind of like immersing yourself in in a situation instead of um, kind of removing yourself to that second, uh, you know, like one level above where you're like, I'm I'm doing this for money. Yeah, I think like now I don't think of it that that much. But when I was my my first few jobs, I definitely thought like, man, I just got yelled at by a customer. This money is what I got to be yelled at by a customer, I'm not going to spend this money frivolously because I got, yeah. yelled at, you know, like yeah. it, it, I, I had that in the back of my mind. Cause it was, it was like the, the concept of an hourly wage just made me think like, okay, is this drink worth, you know, two hours of standing and being yelled at kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what's, what's, what's something like money related that you thought was normal for the longest time, but, but you didn't realize was was weird. I think one thing that stands out to me, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, where I am now as opposed to uh, what I was like or where I was. I think just the idea of spending money going out every weekend to like a club or something, that idea to me now is really weird. 
it doesn't sit well with me that that's something that I used to partake in for some aspects time of my life. So yeah, I think anybody that has graduated university um, can like resonate with what you just said because I I think oh, I I feel the same. It's like the the, the moment. I mean, not maybe the moment I graduated, but like shortly after, I was like, why did I spend like almost I would almost say like almost a hundred dollars if you think about it all in like the Ubers, the drinks, the food, everything. Almost yeah, like a hundred dollars every weekend. How much, how much money would you say, and this goes, this question, I guess, goes to both of you, Adrian and Brandon, like how much, how much money would you say on average during the weekend would you have spent in like second year or first year? I think, um, probably a lot less than I would have spent if I was in the summer working. Uh, I would say maybe if it was like second, third year, maybe $50. Yeah. That's crazy. In a night. Yeah. 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 Honestly, in first year and second year, I don't think I spent that much. Like, um, we would often like do more parties and just like get togethers and stuff. So I, I feel like I, I was actually pretty, um, like stingy with my money. Um, especially in first year. Mm. Like, first year was interesting, but like, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, like um, you know, but maybe maybe you can ask the question, like, what's your average night out, right? Because some people, you know, might not go out that often, but when they do, they really they really yeah. go out. They get, like, yeah. 100 bucks worth of drinks, and then they get the poutine after and the Uber. And- <laughs> yes, yeah. I used to like the the concept of like buying a drink when you're at a bar or something, but as time has gone on, I've found that I pre-drink more, like just uh, buying the beers and bring them to the pre-drink instead of buying drinks downtown and feeling like I'm saving like a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's to me, what, what gets me is like, I'll be at somewhere and then I'll think, oh, that drink seems nice and then I'll buy it. I was like, oh, that's really nice. And then I'll buy another one. And then it's like, I just spent $30 on two drinks for no reason. You know, like that's, that's yeah. what gets me. Would you say overall, um, and this isn't specifically to going out, just like overall in your day-to-day right now, would you say you're um, splurgy or more stingy? I'd say I'm I'm generally pretty stingy. Uh, just to a testament that I was recently, since this quarantine started, I've, doing pretty much no exercise whatsoever just feeling (laughs) like shit like every day because i don't and uh i've been looking at yoga mats just because that's something you can do in a small area it's something you can do just watch like a youtube video or something and i'm looking at uh amazon and the average price for yoga mats like 30 dollars or something and i was out in the kitchen one day and i was like telling adrian i was like yeah i'm just looking for a yoga mat and he's like Oh, you should check Dollarama. They're there and they're like four dollars. I'm like, all right, that's where I'm getting a yoga mat now. I don't care the quality or anything if it's gonna fall apart on me. Like that's yeah. the yoga mat I'm going with. <laughs> but yeah, um I am usually generally pretty stingy. I try not to like if I'm going grocery shopping, I try not to buy more than I think I need or anything completely unnecessary. Um 
I, I can completely um, attest to this as well. Um, <clears throat> I've never actually seen Brandon in a, almost a year of living with him order food. Mm. Like he, he, he always like cooks his own food at home and stuff. Um, yep. and, and I, I think he's personally, personally, I think he's very good with money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I ordering think food is okay. such a good measurement of someone's, uh, ability to save money. <laughs> yeah. Willpower for sure. Yeah. Man, lately I've been, I've been craving that sushi. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah. Me and, uh, my girlfriend, we got sushi a couple weeks ago and it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. I can't stop yeah. it. You have to treat yourself, man. Oh yeah, that's gonna be my post uh, post pandemic outing. I think it's just like an insane amount of sushi. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. How have you been doing with the with the pandemic, Brendan? Just to keep this podcast topical for our listeners. <laughs> uh, I've been a, good. A quick um, tangent. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, sort of fallen into a routine where I'll wake up and I'll watch like I'll have a decent breakfast and then I'll. Uh, watch an episode of something and then i'll play guitar i'm trying to get into songwriting again i feel like it's a good time to do that and mm-hmm. then i usually on a, i watch like two movies a day i've been trying to watch two new movies a day for a while now and it's been going pretty good and uh nice any yeah, uh, uh, most just... recent uh, views that you that you enjoyed that you that you'd recommend uh yeah actually i just watched a I watched the thing, old horror movie from the eighties, uh, yesterday for oh, the yeah, first yeah. time. Who's the? Is it uh, John Carpenter or something? Yeah, John Carpenter, and the uh, the music's wicked in it, and the um, practical effects are incredible. Like they hold up so well. Really? Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it, but I've never actually seen it. Yeah, and then have I you seen the other watched... John Carpenter movie where it's like? Uh, you put glasses on and you see that the politicians are robots and stuff. No, what's that called? Uh, they, they, they exist or something. Oh, they live. They live. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've never seen it. What was the, what was the other movie that, that, uh, that you were talking about? Oh, sorry. And I was going to say, I watched, um, a Korean thriller, also, I've been getting more into Korean movies lately because they're they're so freaking good. If you find mm-hmm. the right ones, and it's called The Wailing, and it was really good. Do they cool. subtitle? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't know if I can do Korean like. <laughs> yeah. That's my. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking. I was thinking like dub, and like I I cannot watch a movie with dub. Oh like, no, that that's <laughs> be crazy. It's just so distracting. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you seen uh, anyway. have you seen anyways yeah we, we can we can talk about movies later <laughs> yeah. no no what, what are you gonna say screw it we're, we're I was gonna now. say uh, have you seen this uh, is podcasting bro <laughs> have you seen Parasite yeah I saw it actually when it came out I loved it yeah it's like that's that's that and uh, I think there was another one by the same director that's also Korean that I've seen that's really good. But Parasite Adrian is like... Oh, the, shit. The I want to see Parasite so oh, bad. Parasite rocks. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. I saw the trailer for this, I think. That. I really want to see it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's even with the... Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, with the, with the subtitles too, like it's really easy to follow. And surprisingly, a lot of the humor translates. Like I, 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 would, I was expecting that with the subtitles, you kind of lose a little bit of the like pace of the dialogue, but it's 
it's, yeah it's completely fine now, the one thing that um, with Korean movies that I have a hard time following is names. I never remember <laughs> the names of the people, just because yeah. it's not—they're just not uh, anything I'm familiar with. So sure. I just can't figure it out. <laughs> Sometimes I'm reading a book with a bunch of Russian characters, and I'm like, man, everybody's names finish with "of," like. Yeah, <laughs> Romanov, like whatever, and I'm like everybody is the same to me, and I always have to go back. It's it's I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to abandon the book. Anyways, back to money. <laughs> Adrian, do you want to ask the next question? Speaking of that, uh... <laughs> Brandon, what's the dumbest thing you've ever bought? Or can so, you think of something? Yeah, so I when I first started university i don't know why this became a hobby of mine but i honestly think it's just because moving to ottawa i had more opportunities but i would go out every weekend and i would go to all the record stores or at least most of them there's a ton of them in the city and most of them are great and i don't know why but i became a very avid cd collector and At the time, I thought it was really cool just having all these like CDs stacked up and I can sort of look at them. And I think part of my thing of collecting CDs was that I was so against streaming services at the time. I don't know why. That was really dumb of me. <laughs> yeah. Like I was just like fighting against the man. Like, yeah, screw these streaming services. I'm just going to buy these CDs like physical because it's cool. And yeah, at the time I was like, yeah, this rocks. And now that I look back, I go home, like my dad's place sometimes where all they, all the CDs are, there's like 500 or so. And I'm like, why did I, why did I buy all these? Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I can honestly see that part, that part of the whole, like, Oh, I I'm against streaming services because you don't feel like you're contributing to your, specific artists like the the artists that you want to contribute to yeah and i think that's part of what i felt yeah but now i mean so many people are are uh are using spotify that and apple music and all that that uh it does kind of work out for them i feel like i'd be really curious to know how much money goes toward or went towards artists in the cd era and how much money goes towards artists in the streaming era because i feel like in both cases the artists get screwed over and it's just like universal music group that's making the yeah money. no you're absolutely right like uh they, they they get paid a lot of money but not nearly as much as they probably should considering all the revenue that they generate for their respective companies right speaking of scummy executives um <laughs> have you ever been in uh involved with some sort of money uh event that you got scammed in or got taken advantage of financially not really nothing significant or like um damaging to my bank account really if there's anything i can think of i was in new york this is just this is more fun than like kind of like oh that sucks but uh i was walking down uh, through times square and some guy was out there hustling cds and he's like, yeah, you got to listen to CD, man. I just take it home, listen to you. And then I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. And he's like, I just want five bucks. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll give you five bucks. And then his buddy comes over and he's like, oh, yeah, this is my producer. He also needs $5. And I was like, oh, but I just gave you $5, man. And then they just wouldn't leave me alone. 
And then, like, <laughs> they just kept hassling me and hassling me. I was like, fine, I'll give you five freaking dollars. So I eventually gave it to him. I took off. And I was like, great. Now I have this, like, stupid burnt CD that I don't really want. But then in the end, I put it on. I was like, you know what? This guy's not bad. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. <laughs> That's if hilarious. You... <laughs> Go ahead, Adrian. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's it's hilarious how you uh, tied the last answer into this answer with the whole CD thing. And then yeah. what you got was also yeah. CD. <laughs> Brandon was like, this is my weakness. How did you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brandon's kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, CDs. <laughs> if you've ever Brandon. seen Mr. Robot, I've learned that to never accept CDs from people on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I think just another uh, time something has happened like that. I bought a textbook at the Carlton Bookstore, I believe, in first year. And they charged me, they double charged me for whatever reason. The machine wasn't working or something. And that was like uh, a $100 textbook. So I ended up buying it for like 200 And I tried for months and months to get that $100 back. And I just, I just never did. So I think that's... That's maybe the closest I've been to being uh, genuinely scammed in some yeah. scenario. I was going to say, like, buying textbooks, period, is probably a oh, good example. I would rather. Yeah. I don't know, honestly. Like, I don't really know anybody that's in university anymore, but um, I wonder if that's changed at all. Because I feel like when we were just graduating – like the tides were slowly shifting to people just downloading stuff or people just like realizing how stupid textbooks were, but I'm assuming. After second year, I downloaded all my textbooks. Yeah. Like it's crazy what you can find online. Yeah. See, I wasn't, I wasn't ever really tech savvy. So I didn't like understand or know that that was a thing you could do or even how to find them online. But I yeah. am, I just uh, finished my first year, I, I'm back at college actually, so I think there's more, um, at least in college, they lean more towards supplying the resources for you, or yeah. uh, just minim- like minimizing the amount of uh, text that you have to buy. Yeah. I feel like college is more also like actually readying you to get a job rather than piling on a bunch of theoretical stuff that you'll never use oh absolutely yeah if that makes sense. i agree 100 percent. and uh yeah noreen's already um applied to colleges as well she was just doing oh, yeah. the yeah she just finished up her second year there and at, at carlton and uh yeah she's like college is so much better of a path for me you know, I can like hone in on something that I actually want to do. Uh, I learn hands-on stuff. So I completely advocate anyone to go to college um, versus university, unless you're doing like math or physics. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. If you're not doing anything that's like in abstract, in a, yeah, to its core, like abstract or theoretical, then like there's no, there's no reason for you to, to go to university. Yeah, like if you go to university, you might as well go there for 10 years and do like a PhD <laughs> and, all that, and all that stuff, you know, like postdoc. And... Yeah, yeah. Like when when you go into the rabbit hole of um, like how uh, peer-reviewed articles are, are processed yeah. and how much of it is just like, 
it's very like it feels as though the like power bar cable is just being plugged back into the power bar you know like that yeah, the academia yeah. Exactly. feeling academia it, it it makes you realize like oh this is this feels broken <clears throat> yeah that's a that that should be like a whole side podcast yeah no i think we i think we should do an episode just like solely on university versus college versus you know alternate yeah we can do a we can do a side podcast that's like a <laughs> an academic political um conspiracy channel yeah. <laughs> a- anyway anyway <laughs> um, uh brandon so so like you know, we've talked about your past and stuff, your your former jobs, or your education and stuff. Um, you know, going through all those years and, you know, learning so much and take where you are now financially. Um, you know, how much do you think you learned um, that helped you get to like the, the point you're at now? You know, like obviously you're comfortable and stuff like that so you know did you learn stuff along the way did you have like a good foundation for how to handle your finances i i don't know i think i just sort of uh realized it i have like uh like just realized it on my own but also there's all those forces like uh my parents uh just sort of helping me out and sort of uh molding me into understanding that like, yeah, money is important. It's important to save it, not spend it like a crazy lunatic. And I think to where I am now, it's, it's sort of hard to talk about right now, just because I'm in a weird uh, transition where at this moment, I don't personally have a job because of the quarantine. Uh, But I am just to that point, I am waiting. I think the golf courses are opening up soon. I have a job lined up at a golf course, so that's going to be great. And um, just sort of going through school again using uh, OSAP this time. I never used OSAP going through university. I was very lucky to have Whoa. my parents uh, help me out with all that. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, just uh, working through the summer, mostly doing construction. Other the last two years of university, last two or three, I can't remember. I actually worked during the schoolyard, worked two full days of uh, construction whenever I could. So that was great. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's led to, it's definitely led me to be better with money, and I think. Um, that's sort of where stinginess derives from as well. But I don't look at stinginess in a negative sense. I think it's really positive, honestly. And I'm sure a lot of people think that way too. Yeah. yeah how much absolutely. of your how much of your overall like current financial situation do you think you can attribute to like your actions versus how things around you have panned out? I mean, if yeah, that question so, makes sense. So I'm saying like yeah. you versus your environment. Yeah. So when I graduated from university, I got my communications and media studies degree. I wanted to do, I just like uh, most, what most people want to do, just try and get anything they can that's decent out of university. And 
I tried and I tried and I tried like crazy and nothing really ever came up. And I think I can attribute my financial situation some on myself by not doing, uh, I didn't do a co-op in university. I'm sure that would have helped in some way. And I think some of it has to do with the environment, in this case, the job environment where uh, there are lots of communications jobs, but a lot of them are like what most people have issues with. It's like, you need five years experience uh, to be able to do this. And it's like, well, I just got out of university. I don't have that experience. No one has mm-hmm. that mostly at this point yeah. in their time. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like you just have to uh, apply and pray. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, just sometimes you can. Uh, yeah, like you know, there are times where you get lucky and you can like punch above your weight class or whatever, and actually get like decent, decent spot. So you just have to play the numbers game and uh, you know keep sending those applications in, eh? Yeah. And I think that's also something I can blame on myself as well. There were times where I would send like a ton of applications out everywhere and I would maybe hear from like like one out of like 15 or so. And that was very discouraging to me. So I think a lot of the times I sort of stopped doing applications or I didn't do as much or I was sort of letting myself be intimidated by filling out an application being like, Oh, if I do this application for like this amount of time and I don't hear anything that I expect not to hear because they ask for certain qualifications that I don't have, it's like, am I wasting my time doing this? Could I just be doing something else? Yeah. yeah. I think what's what's not taught enough in general, I don't know if it's through the school system or just like on a cultural level, it's just the general acceptance of rejection. Like part of the job process is rejection and that's okay. You know, I feel like that's not really yeah. enough that you're going to send out a bunch of stuff and it's completely fine that you're not, you're going to get some no's, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's really demoralizing because we're not taught that it's like a good thing or it's a normal thing or that every no leads you closer to yes, as corny as that sounds. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned <clears throat> that because I actually just uh, finished my uh, second semester and we actually had a class where we talked about that. Mm-hmm. It was a class about like um, perceptions. And I think the concept of, uh, dealing with rejection and figuring like knowing that it's okay it's called buoyancy mm-hmm. so just sort of this idea of staying afloat no matter what gets thrown at you for sure yeah like i went to um they're called like boot camp so they they teach like technical skills like programming things like that and there was a, someone at that school that was whose role was literally like a career coach and I thought to myself, like, university should have this. Even high school should have this. Just, like, somebody that teaches you the ropes of just applying and how to present yourself. And, you know, it's completely okay to get, you know, 39 no's if you send out 40 applications. It's just part of of it, you know. You just got to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, like, high school curriculum here of teaching you how to, like, you know, do real life processes. It's just not, it's not, it's not existent. Mm-hmm. Like we have one course in grade 10 uh, that we took. I don't know about you, JP. Um, that was called civics and careers. And it was literally yeah. one, 
one course split up into like a half semester and the first one you'd learn about like the history the political history of canada like and then, <laughs> and then the second half you'd learn how to write a resume and a cover letter and you do like a mock interview and that's the whole semester like you get basically nothing done in that class well i just realized okay. how weird that was <laughs> yeah it, it and was it's like taught probably by someone who hasn't had a, an interview in a long time and has you know hasn't updated their resume since 1999 so it's yeah. like super super useful. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things lacking in in the high school curriculum. I think. Yeah, like, I don't know anything about taxes. Like, sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Numbers into a <laughs> let it go, and you know, my mom did my taxes until last year. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I know nothing about like the real world. It's scary. I think um, this isn't sponsored, but Simple Tax, reach out if you'd like to sponsor this podcast. Simple Tax is the software yeah, that I use for my taxes, and it made the whole process so simple. I think nice. that it, within the next few years, like our generation that realizes how financially ill-equipped we are will also put our resources into like building the tools that help us become financially savvy. That's my hope anyways. Like things like Wealth Simple, Simple Tax, like they, they all really really dumb it down and make it much easier and that's i hope anyways that more people will will like start using those kinds of tools yeah um brandon we do have one recurring question on this show at the end of it um we ask um how would you spend one million dollars if you got it today so I would probably give a decent amount of that to my mom and dad, just because I, I would hate to know how much money they've spent on me. I feel like it would make me depressed. <laughs> I'd be like, why did you do that? I'm glad you had so much faith in me to uh, do what you wanted me to do with that spending. So that's great. But yeah, I definitely helped them in that aspect. And Honestly, I decent amount of that would go. And I hate to be this guy, but to charity. I don't know. I think I just like uh, <laughs> I am charitable I, sometimes. I hate to be this guy, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Everyone uh, in Africa is getting six <laughs> pounds of rice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I always, uh, if there's someone I know, I feel like I'm not uh, as charitable as I always want to be. But usually, if somebody is doing like a um, a GoFundMe or something that I see on Facebook, and it's for someone's health or it's uh, for something that uh, someone finds important, I usually put like uh, I put some money towards that for sure, just to know that it's like just so they know it's like oh yeah, I I care about you, even though maybe we don't talk a lot. And maybe we don't talk at all, but it's just like I care about you being happy just because you're another person. I feel like you deserve uh, to be comfortable. And I would love to help you any way I can with getting you there. And then I think some of that million dollars probably uh, pay off my credit card. Um, any loans, any other loans I have, my car loan. And... Uh, yeah, I can't really think too much. Go to like a 
concerts all across the world. I don't know. It sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. Are there any, like, I'm sorry to put you on the spot with this question, but are there any charities specifically that, that you, that you believe in, um, or any causes that, that you genuinely want to support more, more than anything? Uh, I honestly can't think of any off the top of my head right now. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, but, I, I, was, yeah, I was thinking about that question. I was like, mm, I don't know if he's got any, but just thought yeah, I'd ask. Yeah, because that's what I was saying. Like, I'm not, I don't really donate to actual charities very often. It's more the GoFundMe thing that I see on Facebook. But my dad, it's funny, my dad, every, every time Christmas comes around, he always urges me to uh, donate to the local food bank which I have done in the past. And I think that's, that's definitely something I can get behind. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, I think like giving, you know, locally within you, within your, your sort of like living area, there's definitely a way to like, you know, make the, make everybody that you see around you sort of live a better life. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Any other questions, Adrian, any other, any other topics that, that we might not have might not have hit um i honestly can't think of anything i was just gonna say that uh on behalf of this podcast i will donate 20 bucks to uh to the ottawa food bank or equivalent i don't know exactly what the thing is but uh you've inspired me brandon so thank you You have you guys noticed have you have you noticed? Well, fuck now. Now I have to do it. Um, yeah, now you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys asked? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, get, I'll get your twenty-two, JP. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh, when you guys have bought groceries during this uh, this quarantine time, um, and you've been asked, like, have you guys been asked about donating money to so and so charity? Uh, not during the quarantine, but now that you bring that up, I actually. Uh, not to talk myself up, but when that ever, uh, sometimes happens, I find that um, it happens at the LCBO a lot. I get asked that, and I usually do do that every like couple of times, a couple dollars here and there. Damn, okay. Uh, yeah, whatever <laughs> whatever that goes to. I can't remember ever what the charities are, but... Yeah. No, that's awesome. I think like I never used to give anything, and then the like maybe like four or five times that I've done groceries while during like while this like the quarantine started every time I get asked for to donate to the auto food bank I say yes just because I'm like man we're all in this together you know yeah and it's just like something like this makes you realize that we're all in this together yeah and it's like there's definitely people that need this two dollars more than I do or like five or whatever yeah yeah for sure yeah man I, I got my taxes back and like I'm like my tax return. I'm feeling pretty good, and um, you know, it really makes you think of like how lucky we are, you know, to have, you know, one place to stay. We got food. I got food for days now. You know, like you know, normal people go to for groceries and get food for days, but like you know, I, I'm really blessed to to be where I am. So, um, yep. I I don't I don't think about that very often. You know, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Yeah. What a what a beautiful heartfelt way to finish this podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank well, you so much, Brandon. Yeah, yeah no thanks problem. for being thanks on. For me this on. That was fun. This is really awesome. Yeah, um, I want to say 
again, like I did at the end of last podcast, uh, people who are listening, you know, I know there's not many of you. We really, really fucking appreciate it. We love you guys. This is awesome. You know, I've had like a couple of people reach out and say, hi, whatever. We listen to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Yes, thank you so much. This means a lot. This has been so fun. And if you ever want to be a guest on the Young Money Podcast, please reach out to either Adrian or I, and we're more than happy to to have you on. And it's super easy for us to do it remotely, as we're doing right now in this time of quarantine. So please reach yeah. out, and we really, really Just reach out. It. Reach out. We'll get you on here. We'll talk about some real stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks we again will... to Brandon. Yeah, yeah we will you. see you later or we will see you another time that's right <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> nice